630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Settled out one of the few Oilers uh, not to have been in COVID protocol this season. Uh, Dylan Holloway went in today. Of course, he's injured. Benson and Fogel went in yesterday uh, on the weekend. What did you have? You had uh, Yamamoto, Bouchard, Cuckoo, Konovalov, Perlini. So no game tonight against Ottawa. The Senators will play in Calgary on Thursday and then play here on Saturday, 6.30 for the face-off show game at 8. That is Furnace Family Oilers hockey on 6.30. Chet, Alabama with an early field goal, five and a half minutes into the first quarter. Alabama up 3-0 on Georgia. And in the NHL, it is the Bruins now leading the Capitals 5-2. Three goals in about uh, six and a half minutes, five and a half minutes, I guess, for uh, Boston in the second period, including Pasternak getting his 13th. So 5-2, Boston leading the Capitals in the second. Other games Tonight, Kraken at Avalanche, Rangers at Kings starting a little later and uh, some games that were postponed and will not be played tonight as well. I am pleased to welcome back to the show. Always happy to talk to this gentleman, former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the Sabres Hockey Network. He was a good one, 230 wins in his (laughs) NHL career. It is Marty Baron checking in. Marty, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Reed, I'm doing great. You know what's funny is my daughter asked me, we're starting to watch this uh, college football championship game and she goes dad when you're 65 years old will you still be an analyst in hockey i said no i'll be an analyst in football by then i know football so she got all confused so i was it was kind of funny (laughs) oh that's a good one well this is obviously uh a a big game and i mean you've uh, you obviously played in different parts of the united states and college sports university sports as much as i love you know the u of a golden bears and we'll have athletes from those bears and pandas teams on my show uh it's a it's really another level or another six or seven levels in the u.s isn't it oh it is listen i'm watching this and um i've not followed college football much this season like buffalo where i live is not a big college town we do have uh, the ub bulls the university of buffalo they're doing all right but they're not at the same level as these big programs right so it's kind of interesting to see we've had the uh, ncaa basketball tournament the first couple of rounds here at the uh, key bank center in buffalo and i went one day i went for a couple of games and it was unreal the atmosphere is crazy even though we're not a college town but obviously we're a sabers and bills down and the bills winning the AFC East and playing the Patriots in the playoffs next week. It's going to get crazier in Buffalo. <laughs> well, I've won good for the bills. Right. I mean, they're, they're pretty fun to watch, right? The quarterback's exciting. He runs around a little bit. They, uh, they take pride in playing in the cold weather, like a lot of Canadian football teams would do. Oh, yeah. uh, there's going to be a lot of positive, uh, positive vibes for the bills right now. Well, you know what the Sabres are trying to do what the bills did, uh, you know, a few years back when the bills hired, Sean McDermott and then went to Brendan Bean. Uh, it really changed the organization. And I think the Sabres are trying to follow that same structure. Uh, you know, they, they feel like they've got their coach in Don Granado, a guy that's very, very uh, smart hockey man. Kevin Adams was somebody that the Pagulas really trusted uh, from the time that Kevin was a coach here in Buffalo and then with other uh, things within the organization. So it's funny because right now the Sabres are not doing well. The Pagulas are being blamed for what's happening with the Sabres, but the same people 
are loving the Pagulas for what they've done with the Bills. So you know how social media is and how people are can be jumping both sides of the fence. Well, that's kind of what is going on. But I think they, uh, they've got a good handle on what's going on with the Sabres. Uh, a little bit what the, the Oilers went through, right? You get number one pick overall. You get second overall picks. And then you hope that it's all going to come together. Well, with Sam Reinhardt, Rasmus Ristolainen, Jack Eichel, uh, the trade for Ryan O'Reilly, it didn't work. So they have to restart right now. And with Darlene, with uh, Owen Power, uh, with a few other prospects, I think they're on the right way. Okay. Well, yeah, and, and you need goaltending, and that's what I, I've been talking about a lot on this yes. show the last few days. Uh, the Oilers' five-on-five save percentage is, is not good. It's now down to 29th in the league for the season, and uh, they haven't been getting a lot of stops here over this 13-game slump in which they've gone 2-9-2. and two. And again, Marty, it's not the only problem, but sometimes you fix the goaltending and some other things fall into place. There was a little bit of back and forth last week. One week ago, the Oilers lost to the Rangers. Tippett said Koskinen made a brutal mistake. Koskinen did an interview and finish and said, it's not nice to be thrown under the bus. I'm not getting a lot of offensive support. I, I asked Mike Smith about that Saturday after practice, and he said, well, he said Tip said worse and good for Koskinen to stand up for himself. Uh, how do you look at that? Like, do, do we overplay that as media and as fans? Is a little friction normal? Like, how do you look at that back and forth? Here's the thing. I don't know if anything was said in the locker room, in the meeting room, uh, in the coach's office. So for me, if a coach is going to go out and say, well, you know what, Koskinen made a couple of mistakes early on, we need some saves, and is going to criticize somebody uh, personally, like if it's a system or if you say our forwards are not doing a good enough job or our defense is not doing a good enough job, it's different. You're, you're putting a blanket over a group of players. But when you're singling out somebody, I hope that you've made that point clear to that individual before going to the media. I played for Lindy Ruff in Buffalo, who was a tough coach. I played for John Tortorella in New York, who was a really tough coach. And I remember one game, towards after I lost to the Atlanta Thrashers, 5-1 at the Garden. We had a meeting the next day. We did video. And after three goals against, he's kind of like turning around. He says, guys, I'm sorry, but I can't criticize you for any of what happened last night. Marty, you need to make saves. Like, if you want to play and you want me to trust you, you're new here, you need to make saves. And I said, Torch, okay. You know, that's the way it's going to be. You want, you're going to – we're a family, right? We have to air our dirty laundry together. As long as you don't go in the media, you let me know first. Now, if the next game, I don't, I, I, I think, then you're, you're more than happy to go to the media and say, Marty needs to be better. If you've warned me already, that's fine. So I don't know if that warning had been hap- had happened before. I doubt it because Koskinen was upset, and Mike Smith obviously uh, said some nice things about how Koskinen reacted. And, and, you know, Mike Smith is a fiery type of guy, so that would be his way of handling it. It wouldn't be mine, but uh, listen, that – that to me, like if you're if you want to get better, sometimes you got to be a little a little tougher. And I, I don't think that Koskinen was was tough in that moment. He, he he said the right things and he was absolutely right. But I would have taken the high road and I would have toughened up a little bit. So, and you mentioned so Tortorella said that to you, and you were like, okay, yeah, like I I'm watching the tape too. Um, like, how did you? Because as a goaltender, you can say, well, it's a, it's a team loss. But, I mean, you, you knew. You, I'm sure you knew 
<laughs> in the game, it's like, oh my God, okay, I'm letting the guys down. How did you handle those moments? Would you would you say something to your teammates after a game? Would you try to say something in the media? Would you try not to worry about it if you had a night with a couple of softies? How did you react to those types of types of things? Let me tell you, like sometimes in practice, you're not playing every single shot like it's game seven of the Stanley Cup finals, right? You can't. But the next morning after that, I played every single shot like we were in overtime and every save, like my life depended on it. So the guys knew I'm in business. They weren't sitting there saying, well, look at Marty going through the motion this morning. Uh, he got called out by Torts last night and he's, he's standing tall. So that was a big thing. And I remember another incident. We were playing against the New York Islanders. I got pulled after three goals, 10 minutes in the first. And I went right up to Torts and I said, look, I, I, you don't know me really well, but I wish next time, give me a chance to get myself out of it. Like, I'll keep it at three. Like, I'll find a way out of it. And he goes, okay, well, I'll see. And then two weeks later, I think, or three weeks later, we're playing San Jose in New York at the Garden, and it's 3 nothing, 10 minutes in. And I looked over at the bench, and Torch looked at me, and basically I made eye contact saying, there you go. There's your chance. And we ended up winning 4-3 in a shootout, right? It, it doesn't always happen that way. But I love when you have that open communication, which, again, I wish that Dave Tippett would have, and I don't know if he did, would have either said it in front of everybody. And Koskinen, I wish, would have walked into the office and said, listen, coach, not really fair. Like, I wish this type of stuff didn't get aired in the media, although I'm a media member now, so I love it because then we get to talk about it. <laughs> right. That's a good point. I, I love how you can see it from both sides. Marty Mirage joining us tonight on Inside Sports as we talk a little bit about goaltending. I, I mean, look, do you think it's um, – I mean, the Oilers – here's the thing. I, I think, and I've said this for the last, like, three years, people are probably getting sick of me saying it, I think Koskinen is a, is a decent backup goaltender. Smith, unfortunately, has an injury-riddled season. Uh, obviously, the Oilers trusted him to a fairly large extent. And the youngster in the minors, Stuart Skinner, has a lot of promise. Um, like, do you think the Oilers need to change the goaltending? Do you think they need to look outside the organization at this point? Because, you know, look, if, if they have a sub-900 save percentage 5-on-5, five five, it doesn't matter if the 5-on-5 five five scoring improves or the power play lights it up. They're going to have a tough time squeaking into the playoffs. And the problem now is that if you don't get saves and you don't start playing a complete uh, team game, you're going to hope that, okay, the power play's got to run at 45%, right? And But that's not sustainable, especially when you get towards the playoffs. Teams are going to hunker down defensively. And then the forwards start cheating because they think, well, we got to score five or six goals to win games. And then you go down the really slippery uh, road here that uh, the cheating leads to more goals against and more breakdowns and your goalies look even worse. Um, I do think the Oilers need better goaltending and uh, it, it's just as simple as that. You're not paying Koskinen like a backup. That's the problem. He may be a decent backup, but he's getting paid you know, a pretty significant amount. So I know this is his last year, but when you're over $4 million, uh, you're not considered a backup and they're paying him like a starter and they have Mike Smith who they're considering a starter. It's just not working. There's going to be options. There's going to be goalies available. If I was the Oilers, I would have started making calls a month ago, two weeks ago. I mean, they've got to get something figured out soon, especially without the February break. They're going to have a lot of games in February. They're going to make up a lot of uh, lost uh, postponed COVID games and whatnot. So you got to get yourself a goalie now 
Because before you know it, if you wait until March and the trade deadline is on March 21st this year, it's going to be too late. You're going to have way too much ground to make up, and it's not going to happen. Well, and I, I said that earlier. And look, the Oilers are still in there with a bunch of teams. But once you get into March, even f- being four points behind a team is a lot. Like, when we've seen that historically. Be, even a couple of wins behind a team uh, is a lot for sure. I'm going to ask you and a question. The other thing, Reed, the other thing is that I, I never liked a, a team that goes after a free agent goaltender or trades for a goaltender because I don't think it works. I think goalies have to be developed. But now you're... Your last resort here with the Oilers, you have to figure it out. But the goalie you bring in, you can't bring him in middle of March and hope that, you know, like playing 10 games with a team or 15 games with a team is going to figure it all out. You need to give that goalie plenty of time to get adjusted to the systems, to the players, to even living in Edmonton. And then, you know, what, what that entails. I remember getting traded to Philadelphia and I used to, I joked with the reporters, I said, I don't even know where the gas station is. Like, if I get up in the morning and my car says I'm empty, I'm going to be driving around 20 minutes trying to find a gas station. Like, it's just, there's simple things like that that you need to get comfortable with. And uh, I would I would like the Oilers to give that, that goalie a chance to be there for a little longer than at the trade deadline. Uh, you know what? You read my mind because as you were talking about getting traded midseason, I was thinking, like, wait a minute, did that happen to you? <laughs> when you went to well, the yeah, Flyers, we, were also, we were also last in the league. Like, it wasn't right. for a playoff run. So right. I got, I got to, to the next year, we went to the conference finals. And uh, both seasons in Philly, we made it to the playoffs, and it was great. Uh, but the end of that season, it was a bit of a challenge. And it, 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 it is for everybody. That you know, you played, you played sixty-two games for Philly that one year. I forgot you played that many. That one year you played seventy-two for Buffalo. Um, yep. You know, I, I remember, I remember I asked Grant Fuhr once about that uh, year he played uh, seventy-nine with St. Louis, and he was just like, "Yeah, he loved it." Like, <laughs> is that how you felt when you played sixty plus a couple of times? Well, seventy-two was a lot of games. It was my first year as a starter in Buffalo, and. Uh, you know, bless him. I love him to death. Bob Asensa was in his last year with us, uh, his last year in his career with us, and he he didn't get a win all year. So Lindy Ruff kept playing me, playing me, playing me, and I loved it. Like, and it was this was a time where you didn't get days off, you didn't get optional morning skates. We were on the ice every day, and we played, and I played almost every night, and I loved it. Uh, was it best for my career? I think I got tired the next year, and the next season was not a good one for me. Uh, but I, I did love it at that time. Uh, 62 with the Flyers, we had a really good team. But late in the season that year, we um, we found ourselves outside of a playoff spot, and I needed to play a lot of games. Uh, so they kept playing me. And again, I was the type of guy that loved playing the game. So I didn't love practicing all that much. I love playing the game. So get me in there as often as I can uh, was kind of my motto early on. Okay. Uh, Marty, I love having you on the show. We got to do this more often. I'm going to throw one more at you and then I'll let you get back to yeah. concentrating on football and your family. Um, Evander Kane, I'll put you in, in the shoes of your, when you were a player, could he walk into a dressing room and everything be fine if he does sign with an NHL team? No, and a few of my uh, group texts that I have with some of the the analysts around the league or whatnot, somebody 
like brought up Edmonton. Could Evander Kane go to Edmonton? And I kept saying no, 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 absolutely not. Look, Evander Kane was here in Buffalo. I covered him for a couple of seasons. Uh, you know, he was always great to me. You know, I have zero issues, uh, you know, with the player that he is. Uh, or th- that he was when he was playing in the National Hockey League. But I do think that there would be way too much baggage to come into a locker room. Um, I just don't see it happening anywhere this year. Maybe next season after teams have time to do their due diligence and their homework and, you know, uh, maybe at a fresh new start of the season. But right now I think it would just throw a whole locker room into turmoil. Okay. All right, Marty. Thanks for doing this, man. We'll talk again down the road. I, I always appreciate your perspective. Love having you on the show. Enjoy the rest of the football game and have a good show tomorrow night. Well, I've got the over and it's only three nothing. So I hope it picks up. <laughs> okay. I hope for your sake, I hope it picks up as well. Thank you, Marty. Have a good one. <laughs> Marty Baron, 16 years in the NHL as a goalie, now working with uh, MSG covering the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, you heard him say it. He thinks the Oilers... Uh, Need to shake up the goaltending, and they can't wait too long. He says he would not bring in Evander Kane for the rest of this season, whether he was running the Oilers or uh, anybody else. Always love having Marty on the show. It's 6.50. We're back in a couple of minutes. Yeah, 3-0 Alabama leading Georgia. Three and a half minutes left in the first quarter. National championship game. We'll keep an eye on that one. A couple of your written messages, courtesy Kellen Kennedy. Yes. Uh, Marty Baron makes a good point. Oilers have almost 50 games and 60% of the season remaining. Why wait to get a goalie in at the trade deadline? Get it done now so the goalie and the team have more runway to put up wins. That's from Sonny in Vancouver. Hey, Sonny, how's it going? Uh, And Reed, as being a former offensive lineman, I take great offense pardon the pun, being compared to a backup left fielder. Thanks from the big G. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, well, a, that's a type of person I don't yeah. think I'd want up mad at me as a bunch of O-liners. Those are big well, dudes. <laughs> well, fair comment, but most people are mad at me most of the time, so I, I, I'm used to it. Yes, I'm just, I, I would just say to the big G, you, I, I, you don't have a lot of offensive linemen named Stetson Bennett. Like, uh, you know, they get like the names like, you know, Strezelik or something like that. You know, that's, that's what I'm saying. But, uh, but fair comment, the offensive lineman. Well, now I better not say anything that's going to offend. Back <laughs> left fielders. I'll just back away. I'll just back away from that one quietly. Thanks. Uh, thanks big G. I appreciate that. Speaking of that uh, injury that kept Mike Smith out of a couple of games on the recent uh, road trip uh, after practice on Saturday, he described what it was. I'll tell you what it was. It was I sprained my thumb, oh. and it was on the second breakaway, and it was just a freak thing where my my thumb got bent back. I got, I went down, paddled down, and got put in a bad situation. I'd played for, you know, pro hockey for 20 plus years and never had that happen. So it's just, it's just one of those things right now. It's just when it it just seems when like when things aren't going well, even for your team. You know, we've had injury problems. Yeah. You know, we've had had to deal with, you know, the COVID issues, obviously, but we've had injury issues that have affected our lineup and everyone deals with it. But when, when things aren't going, you know, as you want them to, it seems like those things get, you know, are, are magnified and, and seem to happen a little bit more. But saying that, there's a lot of games left and I'm not going to dwell on what's happened in the past now. It's over and done with. I'm trying to move forward and feeling better every day on the ice now and, just want to get back in the net and start to get some consistency in our game here. 
All right, so a sprained thumb there. Mike Smith got hurt stopping the second breakaway in overtime against the New Jersey Devils. Okay, yeah, great to have Marty Baron on the show. He's uh, always... Uh, he has a good perspective, and, he, and I love he always has a personal story to tell as well. Really good guy. We will – oh, Rob Brown's coming up. Oh, speaking of good guys, that's going to be awesome. 780-496-0063. If you want to chime in, follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.